You're listening to Divorce Literacy with the Divorce Lending Association, a divorce podcast where we dig deep into issues of divorce that center around the marital home, other real property, and divorce mortgage planning, helping divorcing homeowners and their divorce team make more informed decisions regarding home equity solutions during and after divorce. Hi, I'm Emily Flowers with the Divorce Lending Association, and I'm a certified divorce lending professional, or CDLP. And this is part of our Divorce Literacy Series. Um, I'm loving the series. I, I am so fortunate to be able to have so many wonderful, educated people on here. And today, we are here with Jason LaMasters, and he's with the Credit Law Center. And no one knows anything about how credit works. I don't, even in lending, I don't know how credit works. And uh, we are fortunate today to have Jason to guide the way. So introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do, because I I talk to you almost every day in some way, shape, or form. Um, Well, thank you for having me on today uh, to speak, Emily. And uh, credit is a very uh, mysterious uh, entity. And um, if you're trying to buy a car or buy a house, uh, you know, credit cards, things of that nature, you're going to run into having to play the credit game. And the rules are are not very simple. um, But luckily, there are people out there who are more educated and then have years of experience such as myself. And so um, I'm glad to be here to answer some questions and maybe take a little bit of the mystery out of things. Good. I am so glad to hear that. Um, and I rely on you a lot. I I'm, I was just telling Jason, I referred him this morning um, to a couple. So it it's, um, it's very good to have somebody like this in your corner and to be able to um, have that um, initial consultation with even just to see if there's um, some tips that you can give. But today we're going to knock some of that out. So give us a little bit of um, education, guidance on uh, credit. And and then we're going to talk a, a little bit about where our, our problem children are within the credit world. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anybody, you know, generally has, you know, a computer right in the palm of their hands anymore these days with a smartphone. And if you Google how is credit calculated, you're going to come up with a pie chart. And that pie chart is going to say that 35% is off of your payment history. 30% is off of that balances you, you owe. Uh, 15% is going to be on the average age of credit. Uh, 10% is on your credit mix. And then there's a 10% column for inquiries in the pursuit of new credit. And that's the overall gist of how credit scores are calculated. How many credit scores actually are there? It depends on what model you're looking at. I mean, you can go to Credit Karma. That's you know everybody's go-to place. Uh, but they work off of Advantage Score. What's Advantage Score? Well, Advantage Score is basically an online model that is supposed to in quotes, supposed to mimic your actual FICO scores. FICO is Fair Isaac Corporation, and this was a score um, model methodology that came came about in the late 90s. And generally speaking, FICO is where um, 
your credit scores are actually, you know, the rubber meets the road. If you have a FICO 8 score that is above a certain threshold and higher, then you can qualify for an auto loan. If you have a FICO 2, 4, and 5 score that are above a certain threshold, you can generally qualify for a mortgage. But therein lies the big difference. And I have that conversation virtually every day with clients is that when you go online, it's good to be able to track your credit and to, you know, see what's out there. But the score that you're going to receive and that you're looking at is not going to be apples to apples with a mortgage lender such as Emily or the guy at the car lot that you're trying to purchase a vehicle from. So that's one thing that we needed to distinguish. <clears throat> Within credit, um, over the course of the last six years, there are two things that generally stand out to me as the secret to success. Number one is, are you making your payments on time? Uh, that's how credit is established. You open an account and you pay it on time. Number two is, do you have revolving accounts, credit cards? And if you do have those revolving accounts, keeping your balances low or paying those off before applying for new credit is going to be huge. And those are the two things. If I could simplify how do I get a good credit score, those are the two things that I would uh, advise anybody to do. Minimize your derogatories and lower your credit card balances or open a credit card if you don't have one. Those two things would probably carry you very far in the credit world. Those are great tips. And I'm really enjoying hearing you talk because you must have taught me well because I think I've said all of those things twice today to two different people. <laughs> so, um, so I'm like, okay, I'm doing well. I'm, I must have, I must have learned something from our previous talks. Um, yeah. So tell me about how this applies to divorce and how it can go wrong in divorce maybe. And maybe some of our other little problem children that we. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. Divorce is one of the, uh, you know, areas where, you know, it's unfortunate if anybody, I've been through a divorce myself. Um, when going through one, your credit is going to be affected. Um, you may have entered into a lot of joint accounts with uh, your soon-to-be ex, and the judge is going to award, I love that word, award, sure. uh, within the... <laughs> divorce decree, you know, that he has this account, she has this account, and hopefully uh, those are going to be paid on time and uh, the other party is going to do their due diligence to keep that in good standing. One thing that people don't um, realize is that unfortunately your financial agreement that you entered into years previously, be it on a car or a credit card, is going to supersede your divorce decree. So what that means is if your spouse decides that they are not going to pay for a loan that it was awarded to them in that decree, your credit is going to suffer. And we do see that a lot of the time. So um, one thing that, you know, people can do if they have to, you know, unfortunately go through a divorce is really iron out those financial details. And what is that going to entail? If, you know, someone ends up being in a default situation or, or something of that, you know, nature, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot that can be done 
um, within the credit world versus, I mean, you can definitely go to the, you know, courts and your spouse could be, you know, in contempt of the divorce decree. So it's better to preemptively handle these things and to really iron out those details. And these are things that, you know, people don't necessarily think about. And, you know, it's understandable going through a divorce. Uh, you're probably just looking to actually get it done and over with. I know that I was, but at the same time, you have to be smart because your future really depends upon it. And these uh, accounts going late can affect your ability to buy uh, in the future for, you know, two, three, four, five years, depending upon, you know, what we're, we're looking at. So uh, it's definitely, definitely something to, uh, to, to have heavy consideration for whenever you're going through your, your, with your, um, you know, soon to be ex. I agree. I, I tell people all the time there, there was a trust issue, which is why you're not still with said spouse. Right. So do not trust them to make whatever payments you are thinking that they're going to pay. It's good right. to get it right. separated now. Right. Right. (laughs) One other thing and and that I would like to point out also, Emily, is that sometimes um, there are the, you know, the the married couples where, you know, possibly whoever the breadwinner is. And and generally speaking, I'm not trying to be sexist, but generally that may be the male uh, in in the situation. And then, you know, the woman is is out there with virtually no credit. Um, and so, you know, that's also something to think about is, uh, look at your credit picture and learn how to establish accounts. And honestly, someone with no credit is probably easier for me to handle than someone who has had existing credit with derogatory. So, um, it doesn't really take super long to establish your credit score. And if you use and and are responsible with your new accounts, um, you know, you can be up to an approval guideline for a homeowner car loan within a year, likely, or maybe even sooner. One other thing that we can do um, to help out is to be added uh, as an authorized user. Uh, Mm -hmm. That is an old trick of the trade, and it still works to this day. If you have a friend or family member that has impeccable credit, you can be added to one of their existing credit cards as an authorized user mm-hmm. and all of their pay history and their good credit is going to piggyback and end up reporting on your file whenever that card reports again. And it has no effect on the person that uh, you're being added to. Their credit score won't drop because they've added you as a user. Uh, that's also another trick for parents out there. You want to not have to co-sign for your car loan for your, you know, your child's first car if they're financing that. Go ahead and add them to one of your credit cards as an authorized user because they can come into the credit game with an approvable score to where they can get their car loan on their own. And if they happen to default, that doesn't affect mom or dad's credit at that point in time. So uh, that's one of the that tricks that I always... In, yeah, immediately we did that with our kids. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as they were old enough to do that, we were like, "Oh, here you go." <laughs> yeah. Um. And and it's you're right. It it does really help, and it helps um establish good habits as well when right. you're talking with them. They don't get a copy of your card if you nope. don't want them to have it. So right. it's not like, you know, they're out there charging it up for you. Right. They're just right. benefiting from your good pay. Just want right. to clarify. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Well, um, I really appreciate the fact that you 
took some time to come on here with me. And and I know that you and I could probably talk about this all day because every time we get on the phone with each other, we do. Um, And I am so glad that you help simplify things for people. Um, do Do you do consultations? Do they cost anything? So our consultations are free. I mean, whenever you send me over a referral, um, you know, generally you have the ability to give me, you know, the information that I need to kind of, you know, walk them through. Um, I have a link for a credit monitoring service that they would use whenever they go through our program. Uh, and I can walk them through that process. But, you know, generally just it's just question and answers and, you know, you know getting to know a person's particular situation. And that's always a free phone call to me, you know, just call my number and, uh, you know, let's have a chat and see where you're at. And, you know, there are people that I can't help. Um, one of the things that I do pride myself on is I will still give that person a plan and guidance to get them to a point to where I can help them. Uh, but I'm never going to sign anybody up for anything that's not going to benefit them for the long run. I like to sleep at night. So, um, I try to do, you know, the best business that I can. Yeah. And I've noticed that as well. And, and I know that you take good care of people and you don't, just put them on a plan that charges them for something that isn't accomplishing anything. Either. Right. And I, right. Our company really- is very distinguished um, from, you know, one, we are a full fledged law firm. Uh, so we have attorneys and paralegals that actually handle these uh, accounts, you know, that are in derogatory status. And then two, um, we only actually charge for what we get deleted, which is a very distinguished um pricing model compared to uh, the rest of the people that are out there that, you know, charge hundred to $200 a month, um, regardless of anything happens. And so I, I feel very good about the way that we do business. Um, if you go to your, you know, mechanic for your car's transmission is out, you know, the car better be running whenever you leave and, and you pay or, you know, you're not wanting to pay. And, um, you know, that's how we do business as well. Which I love. And that is why uh, you are definitely my go-to. Uh, yeah. And the simple fact that I, I can get things explained to me in a way that I can either uh, regurgitate to clients or um, that, you know, I know is going to be explained plainly to them so that they understand um, and can follow some simple instructions. So I really appreciate that. And so how do we get a hold of you? I mean, I know how um, to get a hold of you. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I have a email, jasonl at creditlawcenter.com, and I have a direct line, 816-524-9405. It uh, goes directly to my cell phone. Call, text, email, send smoke signals, whatever you've got to do, but uh, I'm available for, for anybody that needs help. Yeah, and what he was speaking of is on his website, and we'll include all this information in the show notes and stuff, but um, what he's saying is he has a portal that I can, um, if I've pulled somebody's credit for a mortgage, right, I can Mm -hmm. take that credit report and um, upload it securely into his portal and refer that person to him and give him little notes on what I spoke to the client about and things like that so that he knows um, where who they're coming from and how to contact me and how, you know, things like that. So um, it's a great partnership and I, and I truly appreciate it. So thank you so much for all that you do. Any final thoughts? Um, just that credit is one of the most intimidating topics I think out there. I, I get calls every week where, you know, people are just like, I have no idea, uh, you know, what's going on or what to do. Um, but by the end of the call, uh, the tone has changed, the conversation has changed, and they have, you know, 
the plan and the hope. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, we all get paid for what we do, but that feeling at the end of the conversation, knowing that you know, I, I kind of changed someone's uh, path and trajectory, uh, it, it does really, you know, fill me up there. And I, I think that if you're somebody that's out there who, you know, just doesn't have a clue, don't be afraid to pick up the phone because um, everybody starts somewhere. Agreed. Agreed. Great advice. I love it. All right. Thanks, Jason. I, I appreciate everything. And I know this is really going to benefit um, so many others out there. And um, I Definitely. just appreciate your time. So thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Divorce Literacy. Discover more strategies and solutions on divorce mortgage planning at divorcelendingassociation.com.